Hey guys. Hello. It's Ross and Carrie, your old friends. Show hasn't even started yet. Here we are. We are recording a little extra time with us before you get to hear from us and Claire because we wanted to talk to you about a few things that came up after our first episode on X-Gate Therapy. First of all, so many of you were so supportive, so wonderful, and we really, really appreciate that especially our listeners who are in the LGBT community and told us like, this is the first time I could laugh at this horrible stuff. Yeah, that's that's really cool to hear. We also got some feedback that we want to address. For example, lymph nodes. Oh yeah, so this is really important. This came up as an aside about how eroticization is somehow stored in the lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. And we idly speculated that, I don't know, maybe it's something to do with hormones or something. Well, no, <laughs> that is not the case. And thank you all for letting us know. Yes, thank you all 45 of you. It's very true though. Let's get this straight. The endocrine system is the one that produces all the hormones. That's things yes. like your thyroid and your pancreas and even your ovaries and testes. Whereas as the lymph nodes, I will read a particular email here from Dr. Greg Byrne. He said, lymph nodes are, in fact, nothing to do with producing hormones. You have several hundred lymph nodes that lie along your lymphatic vessels. These vessels collect fluid that leaks at tissues when it's fed by blood and returns to the blood system, known as lymph, once it's in the lymphatic system. Lymph nodes are strategically placed to filter the lymph for infection and are part of the immune system. Lymph nodes are where immune responses are organized. So there you go. And no good reason for them to be storing eroticization. Yes, but, uh, which was the case anyway. Hope, but Hope we cleared this all up. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling us. Another important piece of feedback was the name of the Livingstones ministry. Yeah, it comes from a Bible verse. Yeah, I had presumed it was Dr. Livingstone or something like that. But no, <laughs> it was from First Peter 2. First Peter, I presume. <laughs> 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6. I didn't remember this one at all. It said, As you come to him, the living stone, with a capital S, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay. I so like we're how they're part of the wall. I like how they're using an analogy to living stones. Like that's something to compare things with. Like you right. know, you know, like yeah, yeah, living yeah, stones. Totally. You're I know. I was having like... trouble with it. <laughs> so the idea is like a stone would build a wall. You're part of God's wall, part of God's house, but yeah. you are alive because you're a person. But these are the kind of stones that get rejected by other right. people. But God's got a place for you. Right. You're one of those living stones. So there uh, we go. Not that we're the people doing the rejecting. No, 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 no. It's the world. The right. world does the rejecting. But so. by the way, it is these people. <laughs> so that is the origin of the Living Stones Ministries name. Thank you for everyone who mentioned that too. That was legitimately helpful. Indeed. Okay, now then there was a piece of feedback we got a few times that's totally reasonable that the way we described Dennis Jernigan's experience in college. Yeah, could... at first you'd only heard about him having a three-month relationship in college right. with another man. And you're right. saying, based on that alone, that doesn't necessarily tell me he's gay. Right. Maybe he's bisexual and he just had this one experience and then right. he's moved on. So the point was really, for me anyway, the point was anybody is whatever sexuality they identify themselves as. Some people have a relationship with someone of the same gender and then they go on and think of themselves as straight. Example. Dennis Jernigan, right? Like he had that experience, but that's not that atypical of an experience. Some straight people have had 
one experience with someone of the same gender, right? Also, he could be bisexual. Also, he could be gay. Just that this particular conference is trying to nail you down into one of these two categories. And that can be really destructive. Right. And we were saying how the world shouldn't define your sexuality based on that one relationship. Right. Uh, You should define your sexuality. And I think many people took it the other way, thinking of instances where people have been told, ah, well, you only had this one fling. That doesn't count. So you're not really bi or you're not really gay. Right. Which which wasn't the point we were trying to make. We're saying that you define find your sexuality and sexuality is on a gradient and you can even have your own knowledge of who and what you are change over time and totally you're allowed to dictate that so then we pointed out that uh, you'd learn more about dennis jernigan and said mm-hmm. okay he really was gay but now he identifies as straight so. right and what happened there <laughs> you know some people would argue that there was a change that came from god i would say probably more likely he went through a really traumatic thing that we shouldn't put other people through. And a lot of people wrote us to say that Dennis Jernigan had been a big figure in their Christian years. Yeah. And they were pretty jazzed that you and Claire had met him. We did. We sat at a table with him and his wife. Pretty cool. Yeah, very nice. And all of his nine plus children. (laughs) Over nine children. (laughs) Nine children and counting. Yeah. Oh, that would have been a better way to say it. (laughs) And here's the episode. Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, all of us collectively here show up so you don't have to. <laughs> I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Claire Knowlton. Oh, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done. <laughs> Claire has listened to every episode of the show. Amazing. And we are continuing the Be My Child conference, and I am learning along with you what Carrie and Claire experienced there. And Be My Child, just to remind you, is in an ex-gay conference about how you can un-gay yourself with the help of Jesus Christ. Really, it's how you can un-gay your Your children children or grandchildren. You're right. So if you haven't listened to the most recent episode, go back and do that. We talked about the first part of the conference. I am now going to share... The breakout session that I went to, I'm so worried about this one. So Carrie was in a frigid room far away from you, nearby? It was right next door, I think. In fact, I actually walked into that room to use the restroom there, and I can attest to how cold it was. <laughs> What's it going was on? Fucking it was really I bad. No. What is this? Maybe they had like a freezer open next door I it was that cold you want an external explanation that's so weird oh so my my room was not cold my room was warm my room was also a lot smaller and was definitely like a classroom setting so it had a whiteboard it had about 20 desks where the chair and the desk is attached oh yeah little mini side desk for like taking notes nice lectures so much sunday school has taken place here indeed indeed there were only about 10 people that attended my session and i wonder if that just has to do with the fact that my session was led by denise schick who is the leader of Living Stones Ministries, the church hosting the conference. Oh, so they've all experienced her before. Yeah. So it's also a very specific topic. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So the topic of this one was called transgenderism, Hmm. a faith-based perspective. Now, I had never heard the term transgenderism That's like saying evolutionism when you're talking about the science of human origins. It definitely caught my eye. I thought that was odd, and I looked it up 
after the fact. So I just wanted to quote from a blog that was on Quora that J. Alexis Lee wrote, who is a trans woman and a researcher and an advocate on this terminology. What Jay says, in referring to transgender issues as transgenderism, it can be framed as an ideology, philosophy, or political strategy. It places transgender issues in the realm of environmentalism, feminism, libertarianism, Mm. and any other ism you'd care to think about. If a thing is a philosophy, ideology, or political strategy, then it can be diminished from the status of objective fact Mm -hmm. to controversial opinion. Yep, yep. Once you move something from fact to opinion, then it's easier to build everyone has an opinion arguments and to place specious arguments on more equal footing. So the words she suggests using instead are transgender identity, transgender issues, or transgender people. And in my search, I found the only places that transgenderism actually appeared were very like right-leaning, anti Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. That makes sense. So fitting (laughs) title for what we're about to see. (laughs) Because it will be reduced to a philosophy that one can reject. Indeed, indeed. Marxism, transgenderism. Right. So Denise was, I would probably say in her 50s, she had long brown hair, white woman, was wearing modest but stylish kind of pink and brown outfit and she had a lot of trouble with technology so when she was trying to get set up she couldn't figure out how to get her powerpoint working Ah. i had taken a seat right at the front and so i volunteered to step up and get her powerpoint started for her now in that (laughs) moment i was able to see that her powerpoint had i can't remember the exact number but it was 60 or 70 some odd slides oh wow. wow This is a... Like an hour talk. This is a one-hour workshop. Oh, wow. So she began with a short video that played on her PowerPoint, short video introduction, which was her. It was a... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it was let, a, let me just step like back while well, I introduce this. <laughs> and if we're wondering why she is leading this session, it's because she has a parent who is transgender. Mm-hmm. So she told the story in this video of her dad transitioning to be a woman. So her dad's name, we'll say, was Bob, and Bob transitioned to be Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And as you noted, you're using her terminology here, not the appropriate terminology. For example, Rebecca was always a woman. Yes, Rebecca was always a woman. As I'm reporting, I am going to try and use the same language that Denise used. And while I am reflecting and giving my own opinions, I am going to refer to Rebecca as she and her. This will be good and confusing and we'll keep track. We will do do our best. (laughs) So Denise always describes this parent as dad, as he, Mm -hmm. as Bob. Hmm. So in the video, Denise says... She has a transgender dad who wanted to become a woman, and her dad came and told her this at age nine. And this was very upsetting and difficult for Denise. She started by saying transgender people are like you and I. Okay, great. End of talk. Yep, (laughs) that's good. Well, that's it for our show, our theme music. (laughs) They have a heart. They're hurting. Great. That's also correct. That's it for our show. (laughs) We are called to love. Okay. Yeah. All right. We are called to be patient. Great. We are called to walk alongside. Our editing awesome. is by Victor Figueroa. <laughs> 
And the judgment that I have of my dad, that's okay. my own hurt and pain. Yeah. Oh, hey. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hey. All right. Yes. End of talk. Salt. Okay. End of talk? No. Um, oh. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. What slide are we on now? Feelings change. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. And we're not going to hear about that on the evening news. Yeah, that's a bad headline. <laughs> Up tonight, feelings change. Um, At 11. So there are so many people that uh, were confused about their identity, but they come out the other side and they're not anymore. And our media just promotes mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. glamorizes the transgender movement. Come. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she talked about, and here's where she started going through slides just like super fast. So she talked about the origin of the idea of a transgender identity with origins beginning with- Were there 10 pins? There were no 10 pins. (laughs) You know, there was no- There was no- Any billiards? No billiards, no (laughs) props. There was no appreciation for the different ways that people learn, which I think I really appreciated about the talk you went to, Carrie, where they had, you know, props and for the the kinetic learners in the room. (laughs) Sure. We didn't all get to go up and knock it down. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) so she connected the origins back to Dr. Kinsey, who I think Mm-hmm. You know, I'm familiar with, I think most people are familiar with, and John Money or John Mooney, who oh, I was not uh-huh. familiar no, with, not. and the David Reimer case, a child named David Reimer. And the way she told the story was David had a twin. They were both boys. David had a botched circumcision. Mm. And so this doctor, John Mooney, kind of intervened, convinced the parents that the best course forward was to raise David as a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd heard to of re- this to one. To remove mm. the penis because it had been so badly damaged. Yeah, and the penis had been like so badly damaged that, <sighs> right. Yeah. And what resulted from this was David really never feeling like a girl. Mm-hmm. At the point that he was 13 or 14, he told his parents, if you take me back to see that doctor again, I am going to kill myself. And, and he didn't know. And he didn't know he was oh a girl. He, he didn't know he was born a boy. He had been raised a girl, had been called Brenda. Mm. So had no idea. So lived 11 years as mm-hmm. a girl. Mm-hmm. At that point, the parents revealed to him, actually, you were born a boy. He started living as a boy. And then some years later, when he was in his 20s or 30s, he told this all in, in a book and in some right. articles. And so it came out. So you might think that this case really says you can't change people's genders. (laughs) You cannot impose a gender. That would be my first takeaway. Gender is not given by parents. And that gender is not connected to genitalia. Yeah. How did she interpret this? So she interpreted it as boys are boys and girls are girls and moved on to... Gender uh, isn't just a construct you can just play around with. Right. It's unchangeable. Okay. It's unchangeable depending on how you raise people. So you mentioned earlier that David had a twin Mm -hmm. and that the doctor who performed the surgery was probably thinking, oh, this is like an interesting experiment to see if gender is just something the parents can give because the twin 
twin is going to be in the same environment, have the same genetics. Twin if, studies are very powerful for right. isolating one thing. So if one grows up and is totally happy as a boy and one grows up totally happy as a girl, then we know gender is a construct. That is sort of disproven here. Gender is something that we all like hold within ourselves as mm-hmm. part of our identity. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't help her case. <laughs> right. Because then throughout the rest of her talk... She gives a bunch of examples of how people have been caused to be transgender. So someone being raised, boy being raised as a girl for 11 years didn't make this change. Mm -hmm. But single moms, smothering mothers. God damn it. (laughs) She gave a bunch of like true stories A grandfather telling his granddaughter that she looks like a boy. That granddaughter, she took it, she held it in her heart, and that was the enemy's way in. Transgender. Someone being told... This really does remind me of Scientology with with the reactive mind that holds on to just this one thing someone said about eggs this one time, and now it affects you for the rest of your life and changes who you are. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And Scientologists would try to treat gayness. Oh, yeah. In a similar way. Oh, let's go back and find that moment. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Other things. The statement, only whores wear lipstick. Transgender. Uh, Whoa. I wish you were a girl. Being jealous of another sibling. So she told the story of a boy who wasn't drawn to sports. He Mm -hmm. saw that his brother really was and got a lot of praise from his father for being good at sports. His sister got a lot of praise for being stereotypically feminine. Mm -hmm. So this little boy thinks, well, I don't like sports. I'm going to be like sister in order to get my dad's attention and affection. Wow. So being raised as a girl for 11 years, that can't change your gender. Mm -hmm. But a side comment like only whores wear lipstick That'll do. All of a sudden, you're doing (laughs) decoupage. That'll do it. She ran through all of the different ways in which culture has forced the transgender movement onto us and glamorized it. So she went through a whole list of celebrities. She talked about the book I Am Jazz. She talked about how this is even moving into churches. I'm waiting for Caitlyn Jenner to be... Oh, Caitlyn Jenner is the poster child, she Mm. said. I bet she didn't call her Caitlyn Jenner. She did call her oh, Caitlyn okay. Jenner. Okay. Yeah. Better than I expected. Oh, my gosh. Although I'm sure it was just to, you know, yeah, complain about it. to her. be clear. That the issue is moving into churches. She gave the example of a pastor with a son who is transitioning. She told of a recent story of some Ohio parents who lost custody of their 17-year-old to the grandparents. The teenager was transitioning, the 17-year-old. Mm-hmm. The parents were not supportive, and they were oh. blocking that transition. So the government's getting in our way of raising our kids the right way. Exactly. Tearing them away from exactly, us. Exactly, and- because the grandparents do support the transition. And the teenager just says, like, I'm going to commit suicide. And then the courts roll oh, over. Yeah. Uh, like, good, mm-hmm. good job, courts. Good job, courts. Yeah. Yeah. Scoffs, oh. good. scoffs in okay. the room at this. She went through a whole bunch of now just like 
blinding you with science kind of slides. Uh, and rapid none of, fire. There was no order to this presentation. I, I just love, <laughs> I'm still the mental image of you, Claire, helping her get her presentation set up. Like, <laughs> here you go. All right, now you're ready to share this with everybody. I'm going to go sit down and listen. <laughs> now you're ready to go. Oh, no. oh I had I a mean, hand I in have, this. I have already described things out of order to make them more connected. Sure, okay. Sure. But so you're she, doing her all kinds of favors. Oh my gosh. So she quoted things from the DSM-5. She said people in their 30s change their mind. She Fine. Is, yeah, fine. What's the issue? She said there are 6,500 6, different genes that are expressed differently between men and women that are proving that we're different. Genes would tell you, oh, there's X number of genes that separate a typical man from a typical woman, quote unquote typical, then right. you can have any permutation in between. Right. right. Like right. intersex people who are ignored by most of this conference. This doesn't Absolutely. help your case, lady. Right. Again, just no room for spectrum, for constellation, for like anyone being different than these are your boxes. You pick one or the other. That's it. Mm-hmm. She said the majority of transgender individuals who have sex reassignment surgery. A term no one uses anymore. (laughs) That's the one she used. Mm -hmm. So she's just running through these different slides very quickly. Some of them have citations that I tried to write down as quickly as possible and look up later. Others, I couldn't get any. Sounds like you're feeling our pain. I tried to look (laughs) up some of these studies and like there was one in particular that I tried to look up. (laughs) This sounds so typical. We find ourselves in these situations like, okay, I'm going to take a picture of this slide because I don't have time to write down that URL, but oh, you're saying something important. I need to put that in my notes. Some of the the links that were on her slides that I was able to write down, I was like, great. And I went there and they would be like the search page for PubMed. (laughs) It wouldn't be the actual studies. Like, oh my gosh. So there were a lot of things that I tried to look up that I just, I kind of ran into a dead end. But there was one in particular that I really tried to find because it was challenged in the room. Oh. So she's just like running through these details. And then she says, the death rate increases significantly after 10 years have passed for someone having what she called sex reassignment surgery. Suicide rate? Suicide Suicide rate. Suicide rate, okay. Mm -hmm. And someone in the room said, actually, it's the opposite. Oh. So it was like an older woman sitting behind me, probably in her 50s. And Denise was kind of like, you know, startled that someone had interrupted her like discombobulated (laughs) monologue. And she was like, no, the death rate increases. She was using the word death rate. Death rate increases. They commit suicide more frequently. And the person in the room was like, no, the suicide rate goes down Mm -hmm. and it goes down a lot after Okay. Were you able Um, to look this up? I couldn't find it. Oh. I couldn't find it. (laughs) And then, you know, there was just kind of this like, oh, well, it's not immediately following. I think immediately following it goes down, but then it goes way up after 10 years or something. So, Mm. all right, Claire, I think we found the study. It took us a little bit. So a 2011 Swedish study that was purporting to show that people after gender confirmation surgery were more likely to commit suicide. This got a lot of news and press everywhere. But if you pull it up, all it really shows is that transgender people, after having their gender confirmation surgery, 
their suicide rate doesn't just suddenly disappear. It is still hard to be trans and you still might still might be depressed living in this world, but they're only compared to the general population, not to other trans people who, who have didn't transitioned. Have surgery. That tells us very little. But interesting to know what the disagreement was there. Mm-hmm. There was actually something I saw that talked about the suicide rate for trans people in supportive environments versus oh, non-supportive yeah, environments. Yeah. No, and the an suicide rate test. drops like 82% yeah, if you're in a supportive environment. Again, saying be that an interesting one to the find. environment you create around these people and how you react to them is the problem. Is the that, problem. Yes, not they themselves. Not they who with to for themselves. <laughs> So she ran through a whole bunch of additional studies, doctors, just lots of that sort of like blinding you with science. Here we go. Here's a lot of information really quick. It all supports me. It's all good. Yep. Moving on. She also made no distinction between the idea that you can be a transgender individual who doesn't have surgery. Mm -hmm. All right. And so a lot of yeah, what that, she was that seems challenging to be an assumption. was surgery. Everyone assumes that surgery has to be the end goal. Right. That's certainly not the case. Like for some people, it's really important. For others, it's not. Mm-hmm. For others, it's just completely a non-issue. And so there was, there was no room for that. And she seemed to just really conflate the idea of transition as always having to involve some sort of a surgery. And so, sure, there's always health risks associated with any type of medical procedure. Mm -hmm, There's always mm -hmm. a chance of risk. Yeah. At some point I wrote down, she's got no business talking about this stuff. (laughs) She is not an expert at all. It seems her only bona fides is that she had a transgender parent. Well, and Mm -hmm. since she's a leader of this organization, it sounds like the whole reason this conference is happening is because she had this experience with her parent. Well, I have a trans person in my immediate family, so I guess we cancel each other out and her opinion no longer matters. (laughs) Yay! For every opinion, there is an equal and opposite opinion. She showed a video from Pure Passion Media called Transformed with a Z. It was <laughs> like, I wrote down scary music. I mean, it was just presented as so dark. And she then talked about neuroplasticity. Our brains are really changeable and adaptable, but then changing your gender isn't possible. Okay. So that was another uh, huh. disconnected yeah. set of things. <laughs> Stick a pin in that and put it in a board far away. Now let's talk about this other thing right. that directly conflicts that. Okay. <laughs> she then gave a list of ways that we as family members should help. She said intervention is not an attack. And we just have to, we have to go in there. We have to have these conversations, have okay. some sort of an intervention. You say, I love you exactly as you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for sharing this mm-hmm. element of yourself that I never knew. How exciting for me to how, get to know you on this level. How can I help you? I, yeah. No, so you should approach this like a drug addiction. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. And tell them that their feelings don't define them. I define you. Right. I define you. <laughs> then she tried to play a video from Father Mike on Bruce Jenner, this time using uh, Bruce instead of Caitlyn. Uh, but the video wouldn't play. Oh, Too bad. Did you help her? It. Did you help her get I that I did work? not help her. <laughs> Jumps up. I did not. I am an expert. I did not I like not to grease help. the wheels no matter where they're going. <laughs> 
I did not help at all. You're the worst offender. Oh, I totally am. I I realized I was describing myself as I said that. Oh, you're having troubles. Let me help you. Oh, but you're really doing something bad. I shouldn't be helping you. So here's the other thing I didn't help with. She was using a microphone the entire presentation, but Uh it wasn't turned on. You're, uh, you're miming holding it. So she one was of these holding. Big old, she was holding a microphone in front of her mouth the entire presentation, and it was never turned. You know off. what? It's reassuring, though. This is symbolic of the X game movement. They're just standing there <laughs> prattling on, and the rest of the world has moved the fuck on, and is like, "Sure, go ahead, I stand so. there and talk into the void." It's, it's really important to keep these things in perspective, as you've mentioned a couple times before. That this is on its way out. Yeah, thank God. We, I mean, no. this is incredibly destructive and we shouldn't stop paying attention to even, it. But. Even since we started this podcast, the frequency of these types of events have gone down. And we mm-hmm. can say that as people who have been looking for right. them and keeping an eye on it. Right. And we're like, gosh, darn it. These are fewer and farther. But yeah, wait a minute. That's good. Exactly. It's so funny because we'll find ourselves looking at something fading away and being like, oh, this is going to make it harder to do a podcast. And then, yeah, you have to remind yourself. That's, That's good. probably good, depending on what it is. But in this case, definitely. Yeah, oh. and I think that's even supported just by the age distribution of the people that were here. It's really a generational thing. I learned, speaking of intervention strategies, I learned a really good one. You can also yell after your children, but I want grandchildren! <laughs> 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 so that was the end of the session. No time for Q&A. We're done. Oh, wow. Claire, I'm going to have to stop you there. I have news. What news? It is about trons and also jumbos. That's good because I don't like little trons. Exactly. This is a very big tron. It is a jumbotron. A jumbotron. And it's Joanna's birthday on or about this time. So Alex says, happy birthday, Joanna. Hopefully Ross is still describing pooping and peeing in an ayahuasca hole when this message airs. So the stage is really set for my sincere message that asking you out six years ago was the best decision I've ever made. (laughs) That's so sweet. Were you pooping just now? I wasn't, and I'm not describing that either, but... I don't know, I, you're sitting down. I can't tell if you're pooping. I hope the stage is set regardless. Also, Alex says, if you're listening to this on the bus, I adopted a dozen cats without consulting you first. Sorry about that, Joanna. We said Alex good. And we have another Jumbotron. This one is from David and it's for Carissa. Carissa. So David says, happy Mother's Day and or anniversary. (laughs) You are objectively the best partner, mother, and friend ever. And if Ross and Carrie think I'm using the word objectively wrong, they're welcome to visit anytime for an investigation, hot drinks included. (laughs) I love you, Carissa, and I'm so glad we get to spend the rest of our lives together. Aw. They're nice. I like them. I'm going to Minnesota right now. Yeah, because I'm still skeptical. And you were saying. But so the woman who was sitting behind me that had challenged one of the facts that the quote unquote facts got up to go talk to Denise. And so I surreptitiously started, you know, organizing my papers and just sort of <laughs> Boy, being this is so messy. My God. There was like the, a table next to them. So I kind of like set my stuff out on the table to start, you know, organizing it to, <laughs> oh, together like it. so I could eavesdrop. And so the woman said, you know, can I give you some feedback and Denise said sure she said you know I know that you you said that you minister to transgender people and their families and I heard you say that transgender people are broken and Denise cut in she said well we're all broken we Mm -hmm. all sin Mm -hmm. um 
And the woman said, I know, but transgender people don't feel like they're broken. They don't see themselves as broken. And if you start the conversation that way, you're just driving people She's away. trying to get her from that step one to the step two. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of we'll what I was... trying to get to four eventually. It's interesting. I just wonder what brought her to this conference. Like, I was looking right. for the Starbucks, and then I came in here. <laughs> the whole broken thing, too. I remember saying this stuff as a Christian, like, sure, it's a sin, but we all sin. It's the challenge with so many religions, this idea, you are broken, only I can fix you. In the many different ways that it manifests... Some are much more hurtful than others. And this mm-hmm. is one where it's incredibly hurtful. Mm-hmm. Fun talk. Glad you got to go. Yeah, it was, a, <laughs> it was a great birthday. It was a great birthday. <laughs> That's right. It's oh, your birthday. birthday. It's birthday all time. So immediately following, there was a grandfather that I kind of ended up in a conversation with who has a transgender grandchild. Gender identity assigned at birth was female. He's now transitioned. The grandfather refuses to call his grandson a boy and call mm-hmm. him a he, mm-hmm. and call him by his chosen name, uh-huh. and said that the parents are very supportive. And so they sat the grandfather down and they said, if you refuse to call our son his name and refuse to call him him, mm-hmm. We can't have you in our home anymore. We're not going to grandfather you in. Right. (laughs) And so the grandfather was like really brokenhearted about this and was actually like in in tears about the situation. It's a really Um, tough call for that family. The the issue that he has created. And so he had wanted to talk with Denise and this other woman kind of jumped in to have that let me give you some feedback conversation so Denise had come out and came over to him so he repeated the story and so I I asked them both I said well you know it sounds like this grandfather has had a really close relationship with his grandchild and has been cut out of his grandchild's life over an issue of names and pronouns and so is it better that know he just call his grandson by the name his grandson wants to be called by also in your christian mind shouldn't you be thinking like "Ooh, we want to keep like the christian in the kid's life how can we do that exactly and then the grandfather like backtracked and he was like well they've Mm -hmm. cut me out because i have an i'm an evangelical Mm -hmm. and that's why they've cut me out and i was like oh there he's got his simple righteous started this story you made it sound really simple that they said like if you will call our son by the name he's chosen Mm -hmm. you can be in our lives again but until then you're not welcome in this house Mm -hmm. well to all of that denise said can we pray together Let's pray. Okay. And so we... Wow, I just felt transported back. I've heard that phrase so many times. Mm -hmm. That's how we do it. And so the three of us joined hands, and Denise prayed for this grandfather to know that God is working, and it's all going to be okay, and it's all going to happen, and... (laughs) give him words and inspiration and so no advice has been rendered no advice has been rendered we do have a sense of yeah i was you know of all the things you could have done like a moment of prayer sure we have a sense that she cares and we have a sense that things hopefully will get better better i think the best answer would have been you know pronouns aren't a big deal Mm -hmm. it's a sign of respect to call everyone what they want to be called Mm -hmm. whoever they are 
Whatever name they've chosen, call them by that name. My brain keeps trying to formulate a reverse situation where, say, there's a family that is not supporting the child. Mm -hmm. And let's say it's the same kind of transition. And so I want to then be the uncle who calls uh, Mm -hmm. my nephew by his chosen name. Mm-hmm. And then they say, wait, if you're going to be around here and be that kind of influence, we don't want you around us. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to play out that reverse. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I would do like a sly thing. I say like, okay, well, yep. I'm going to call you That's what, what I would yeah, do. I'm going to call would you what your too. parents asked me to. But hey, I get it. Room, I, yeah, right. I understand that you're a he. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just pull the child aside and be like, I'm going to call you a boy, but I don't like it. Say right. it one time. Yeah. And yeah, I always right. love you, and I'm your grandfather, and that's what's most important. Right. Oh, hey, we solved yeah. it. Solved it. Still um, not a- solved. I mean, that Amen. child will still be like, God Amen. damn it. Yeah, but what it'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, my love for you is more important than this whole issue. Right. That's all. Right. Yeah, that was easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also- I still feel like we should pray. also this family's doing exactly what the american academy of pediatrics tells families to do if you have a trans kid the objection people often level is the child may change their mind okay who cares that's fine because the american academy of pediatrics says okay what you should do if your child says hey you've always told me i'm a boy but i feel like a girl is say Great. Okay. We can pick out a new name, etc. If you ever feel again like you're a boy, that's okay too. Right. And it, so this some is kids, always held as the sort of Damocles, like, what if they change back? Right. Oh, then we all change with them. It's not like that happens every time, but it happens sometimes. And yeah, kids are figuring themselves out. The end. It's fine. Yeah. You, you like, make it sound like it's not a big deal. Well, I think a lot of people assume like you're immediately giving your six year old gender confirmation surgery, which is not the case. (laughs) (laughs) Who would recommend that? Yeah, that kind of thing came through in everything that Denise was saying Mm -hmm. of just this mixing of identity and surgery and this idea that the entire family has to bend to the will of the child. Mm -hmm. You're the parent. You tell them who they are. I feel like the conference should just be called the I'm uncomfortable with this conference. (laughs) That's that's all this is. It's just people expressing discomfort. And finding religious reasons to justify their discomfort. There are not, as far as I'm aware, there are not conferences like this on gluttony. Oh, right. That's a sin. How Mm. come we don't have more conferences about gluttony and the Mm -hmm. gluttonous nature of our society? Because no one's uncomfortable with it. Because Mm. everybody eats too much chocolate and everybody drinks too much (laughs) coffee and everyone has too much stuff. There's been a a selection of those things that feel foreign or other or confusing or icky or whatever. But your particular sin is really causing a problem for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to lift those up and have conferences about those and find religious justification for our goal of changing other people. I mean, they do do it with, say, infidelity. There Mm -hmm. are marriage conferences. Mm -hmm. I think the justification a Christian would give you for being so hung up on same-sex stuff is that's a unique sin in that the sinner wants me to accept it as a central part of their identity. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I right. if I steal something, I'm not like, I'm a thief, that's just who I am. You know, I'll mm. acknowledge I screwed up there, but a gay person, they have sex with someone and they want you to be cool with it and be like, that wasn't a sin. Well, that I won't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never say, oh, you're just a thief and that's who you are. Right. Yeah. So, so I think the problem is, it's not a sin! Yes. You dumb dumbs! Th- that's where the concept of sin is the problem. Okay. 
Glad we all figured this out. Yeah. Now let's pray. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any more to that talk? No, I think okay. that's good enough. Um, so then you got back together? We reconvened. It was lunchtime. Did everyone sing happy birthday to you? No. Ugh, God. these people. Jeez. <laughs> but we found a Blaze pizza that had vegan pizza. Yeah. Oh, hey. So there was a, a lunch meal being served, but it was not vegetarian friendly. Yeah. So we hightailed it out of there. And my best friend, Carrie, treated me to a birthday lunch. Hey. No big deal. It was an $11 pizza that we share. It was but... a big deal. <laughs> she got you a pie. Pizza pie. <laughs> a pizza pie. Um, yeah, and we kind of decompressed. We were like, let's take this moment and be not with this conference. Good, good, good. And then we went back. It was 1 p.m. So when we got back from lunch, there was a testimony session going on. There were four different people who shared their testimony. We only got there for the last one. So a young man was speaking, and he said, when I prepared this speech, I'd envisioned a sea of young strugglers. Yeah. Oh, a similar idea. Yeah, as he is. Yes. Um, But then kind of went on to say, we are not gay. We are redeemed. Plumbing, logic, and conscience tell us it's wrong. God. He said, I'm encouraging strugglers. It gets easier. I don't know if that's true. You know, everybody's got to see this documentary, One Nation Under God, about the ex-gay movement because... Not only do they have people who used to be ex-gay and then finally they're like, what the hell, I'm gay. But it also has people who are like, no, I'm firmly ex-gay. But this was made 20 years ago, so uh, I went and looked a bunch of them up. Lots of A fault. lot of them just <laughs> It's amazing. You hear the stories about people who founded these organizations to help people get out of it. And then they turn around and say, you know what? I'm gay. I'm okay with it now. I'm so sorry, everybody. Two of the co-founders of Exodus International. That, I was trying to remember. Are, Ex- are yeah. like the central focus of this movie. And they married each other. Nice. Two gentlemen. Yeah. That's a nice ending. Of course. After the testimony came the love offering where uh, Dennis played the piano again and did some singing. We were asked to make an offering in the little envelopes, you know, with the little cards. So I took my card. I left it blank. I put it in the envelope. I did not seal the envelope and I put it in the basket. There you go. Gave one dollar. Oh, all right. One dollar, one dollar, one dollar. Meanwhile, I saw they had hot drinks in the back. Oh, so, yes. So I got up to get myself a hot drink. Oh, they hey. had coffee and they had Earl Grey tea, oh, which, right. you oh, know, nice. is high on my tea list. Yeah. I'm, I'm a tea drinker. None of that crummy herbal tea. Yeah. No, oh, there was, God. in fact, there was no herbal tea. They had coffee and they had Earl Grey. Okay, and while yeah. I was back there, I was, you know, preparing my cup of Earl Grey and some gentleman said, oh, what's that? Is that good tea? Oh. And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. It's Earl Grey. And he's like, huh? Like he'd never heard of it before. <laughs> and I, you know, I let him smell the, the tea bag. And I said, yes, it's a, you know, it's a tea I drink a lot. And he was like, wow, Earl Grey. <laughs> like, Look at what this. The whole world's you? opening. Was that me. named after a guy, Earl Grey? <laughs> Indeed it was. All right, so yeah, we got a thumbs up on the hot drink um, rating. Well, hang well, on, though. The- I got the coffee, and it was bad. Oh, no. Yeah. Also, there was no soy milk, so yeah. thumbs down on that. Oh. But bonus, they weren't using styrofoam cups. They're using paper cups. Hey, so all right. So mid, mid-range Yeah, okay, all right. I'm getting Saving mixed. the world while they ruin it. I- 
<laughs> I do appreciate that nod to environmentalism. So it's sounding like a semi thumbs up. Oh, also, we haven't mentioned this yet, I don't think. They refer to being gay as the lifestyle. Sometimes, <laughs> oh, no. Sometimes they won't like, there will be no surrounding context. They'll just be like, well, I knew someone who was in the lifestyle. And it just assumes like they were gay. The lifestyle. All right. I yeah. love hearing those kinds of little code words. So after these testimonies, we were in for a talk from Sherry Holt, whose talk is got the Great greatest title. title. Okay. It's man and woman, colon, what was God thinking? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, what was he thinking? What was he thinking? So Sherry Holt came out to give this little talkaroo. She told us that she has a friend who listened to Dennis Jernigan's music in order to heal themselves from same-sex attraction. Mm-hmm. Mm. So wait, the music itself did the trick? I guess. Maybe just listening to it and being like, this guy's not gay anymore. Dun, 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 dun. I did it. All right. Yeah. Then Sherry told us she had a detour through lesbianism. It was three years. Whoa. Significant detour. Significant detour. So she had a dream about pursuing a woman for an illegitimate relationship. And she woke up angry and she prayed to God asking why he only wanted man and woman to be together. She said, I want a real revelation. I don't want these pat answers from Genesis 1, blah, blah, blah. I need a real revelation. And so God appeared in front of her and gave her a clear spoken message. So she got she got that revelation. You want to know what it is? Yeah. Genesis 1. Oh, no. Really? What? <laughs> yeah. Male and female, he created them. That's on the opposite side of the Bible from Revelation. (laughs) Male (laughs) and female, he created. Okay. Which I think is Genesis 1.27, if I've got my memories clear. Yeah, there's two creation stories. First, he creates them, and then he creates, in the next chapter of Genesis, he creates the man, and then like a few days later, he creates the woman from his rib. Mm -hmm. They like that second one. (laughs) Oh, she made this cute little joke. She said... I have a car, you'll be pleased to know. But, you know, I'm like a car. To know how to operate me, you have to read the manual. I don't know if I ever read my car's manual. Yeah, I haven't either. I haven't crashed yet. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. But it's the same idea here. You need to read the Bible, which is the manual, you see? No. And (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so she told us the soul and body will always bend toward what is created You just have to spend some time with God so you can distinguish between him and you. She said that Adam contained both the masculine and the feminine. And then when God took the rib out of Adam to create the woman, then he was just masculine and she was just just feminine. feminine. Yeah. We all yearn to be recoupled yes we all want to be whole but why 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 does she think this supports her i don't know i (laughs) so i was texting carrie throughout this kind of going oh no and then Uh oh wait oh no oh it's too (laughs) quick oh wait no yeah like half of this talk if you just took all her conclusions out of it, the talk would be fine. It was like, we all need to have masculine and feminine. You know, we think of these 
really strong traits as masculine, like uh, assertiveness and so on. But everyone needs both. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah wait, everyone what? needs yeah, both. Yeah, exactly. And then she said, redeemed like, people, we're supposed to operate in both, masculine and feminine. Yeah, so we're like, oh, okay. And then she'd lead you through this whole long train and then the caboose of the train would be, therefore, you need to be only feminine so you can find a man and he can do all the masculine stuff this, and together the couple is This home. reminds me of one of the... Simpsons Halloween specials I think it was and there's the store that Homer goes into and they're trying to sell him the monkey paw the proprietor will say something about it like oh it can bring you good luck and Homer will say that's good and they'll say but it's also cursed he says that's That's bad bad. he said but it's half up that's That's good good. (laughs) but it has killed many families that's bad yeah it was 100% like that my son and I use that a lot it's good she said the true masculine is the power to act conquer launch strong performance driven the true feminine is oh the true feminine is i wanted to barf um (laughs) the true the true feminine is to just to be be, to just receive receive yeah just be receive nurture and intuit just sit the fuck there gestate (laughs) hang low women gestate relationships be vulnerable gestate yeah mamas pull back in oh and these two women are oh pissed oh my god <laughs> i can see it i can see it so she says god has all these characteristics male and female so we need to operate in all these ways too but of course the only way to do it is through a couple a couple with the other gender so single people can't be whole Apparently not. No, of course not. Right, right. Oh, goodness. I've I've experienced so much of that angst just with my mom and her friends because my mom and my dad were divorced when I was young. And for years, I got to hear her say, oh, I just need a man. And oh, I need a man to fix this and need a man to Mm. do this. And she was the female male chauvinist. Uh And I felt I was always trying to tell her, no, no, you can do these things. It's okay. But then I would end up doing everything because she would threaten to go ask our next door neighbor for him to come (laughs) to it. And I was so embarrassed. I'd be like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's my childhood right there. Um, Oh, and I don't want to let the Adam and Eve thing go by. I know we've talked about this before on the show, but there was no Adam and Eve. (laughs) For For any gene, a shared gene that we all have, you could trace it back to the first person who had it. So you could have a mitochondrial Eve for the mitochondria. You could have Y chromosomal Adam. And they likely lived tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of years apart and would have never known each other. Uh, So just the whole idea of an Adam and Eve make no sense unless you believe this whole incestual origin Mm -hmm. of all humanity. But I just wanted to throw that out there that the whole premise that we're busy trying to decipher the role of Adam and the role of Eve, that they didn't exist. That's not real. That's (laughs) not a thing. Let me give you my step three liberal (laughs) Christian interpretation. Okay. All right. Um, I think I would have said... Totally. Of course, there wasn't a literal Adam and Eve. Evolution happened. Blah, blah, blah. But God but is communicating to us God, it's, it's what a metaphor. is always true of men it, and it's, women. Yeah, it's a metaphor that's meant to drive our personal lives. And my, yeah, my pastor always says it. It's not necessarily what happened. It's what always happens. Okay, almost so makes sense. So Sherry said two things that I really liked. Okay. okay. She said... If you're not secure in who you are, you won't develop both your masculine and your feminine. Okay. Okay. And she said, she said, (laughs) you came here, meaning to this conference, because of others. But this journey is actually about you 
and needing wholeness in yourself. <laughs> Touche. Oh. And I was like, that is great. If all of these yeah. people can just turn inward and mm. deal with their own like, Bullshit. why am I uncomfortable? Yeah. What is the issue here? And see it as their issue, because that's what it is. That's and not their child's issue advice. or their grandchild. Like if, oh my gosh. Taken out of the context of this Taken conference. out of the context. I just wish everyone would walk away with that one piece and go, right. wow, I really need to turn inward and figure out why I'm creating a challenge where there doesn't need to be one. Totally. Yeah. She also told us to cultivate the part of you that is weakened. So again, I'm thinking like, okay, so this seems to mean balance yourself, mm -hmm. not find a partner. Mm. She also told us homosexuality is emotional cannibalism. Whoa, whoa, whoa okay. Emotional. Because nope, that doesn't make sense. You're pulling toward your own gender to fill what was missing in yourself. Oh, okay. She also never met a lesbian who wasn't a misogynist. Is she looking to be introduced to some yeah, more lesbians? Yeah, right. <laughs> she just hasn't met enough? Yeah. She said they all hate their own femininity, which is, in essence, hating women. Oh, okay. Mm. Interesting. Oh, more of that cannibalism. Okay. Richard came back up. No oh, good. He was like, I just wanted to point out that my wife is in the back. My wife is here and so are my two sons. <laughs> <laughs> what and is he doing? My sons testify to what God can do. Amen? It was so oddly placed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. One of those thou doth protest too much yeah, he'd, moments. He'd been playing out in his mind that, oops, I should have said this earlier and made a very clear demonstration <laughs> of my masculinity and the proof right. thereof. Did he get an amen? Uh, yeah, I think he got an amen. Yeah, I think a lot of people were getting up and moving at the same time, though. Yeah. So. With the spirit? <laughs> yes. No, to head, to head to the restroom. Oh, yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, it was time for a break. But after that, we came back and saw Melinda Jernigan, who's the wife of Dennis. Mm -hmm. Previously, she'd been in the back selling his books, his videos, and running his slideshow. So Melinda's story starts with a verbally and physically abusive father. She dated a lot. She was very outgoing. And then we skip to her meeting her husband. She started by saying, I have my own journey and I own my own business. Okay. I don't know if that is very cool. receptive and Gestational. intuitive, <laughs> but uh, good for her. So yeah, she went to college with Dennis is the impression I got. Yeah, they went to college together and they seem to be, you know, very opposites. She was an extrovert, a city girl from Dallas. He was shy and quiet. She was a flirt. She dressed to be noticed and was hmm. desiring affection. She did one of those things. How I don't know if you- How did she end up with him? That's oh, we'll tell you. So, have you come across this in other sort of Christian circles where you have these women that- play up this idea that they were kind of sexually promiscuous but were like saved but you kind of feel like you weren't actually promiscuous oh. like you went on two dates well there's a lot of i know what you're talking about there's a yeah. lot of overblown testimony in all of the faith groups i think that we mm. interact with there's a lot of telling you that they used to be the opposite way, mm -hmm. no matter what their current way is. So like Scientology, they'll tell you, oh, I was addicted to all the drugs. Oh, which drugs? Oh, all just the drugs. all of them? <laughs> boy, oh boy. There was a Christian comedian named Mike Warnke back in the late 70s. He's still around, but his whole big story was how he had come out of the occult and he had been, oh man, we were like cutting people's fingers off. And there were thousands of people
the people in my coven and what? had this long hair and oh, I got converted in the military and he just told these wild stories and he's really funny. He still holds the record apparently as the best-selling Christian comedian of all time. There's a, a medium fish in a very, very tiny pond. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, turns out it was a Christian magazine, Cornerstone, that did a expose on him and found out that he just made all of them. Oh, it was yeah. all pure lies. But I remember that going to chapel services where people tell us, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I went after so many women and I had all these drugs. And I remember even then as a kid thinking like, how many women did you really You're bearing false with? testimony right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's definitely at play. I felt like there was a little bit of that kind mm-hmm. of in okay. here. I, I didn't sense that. But. Okay. Well, you know what that makes me think of? What? What <laughs> does XK therapy make you think of, Ross? Of wanting to be... Doing current. anything else? Sure. I was thinking of ex-gay, but I'd rather be gay now, which makes me think of being happy, which makes me think of having fun uh-huh. and having a whole lot of fun. Okay, I see where you're going see? with this. It's tenuous, but I see, see it. See, a nice little window into my mind. <laughs> you're talking about Max Fun, the podcasting network. I, I see. Yeah, we finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> exactly. They have great shows for everybody on any part of the gender and sexuality spectrum. Like this one. In celeb news this week, the hosts of Lady to Lady took a break from hanging with today's hottest comedians, actors, and writers to sell a sex machine. What'd they do with all that cash? Rent a party bus to go to Magic Mike Live in Vegas, of course. All of this on the heels of a salacious sizzler session with Home Alone 4 star French Stewart. Want to know what the f*** we're talking about? Tune into Lady to Lady whenever, wherever you listen to podcasts. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Yeah, those are really good. I agree. Dennis and she had a class together, and she did notice him because he was different, so shy and quiet, and he asked her out, but she was busy for the day that he asked her out, and apparently he took this as like a crushing blow and didn't ask Um, her again for months. Yeah, yeah. But she said, I had no idea about his struggles because he doesn't come off that way, you know? Oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Yeah. But she was attracted to him because he was so different and because when they finally went on their dates, he didn't say that he loved her by date number two, which I guess all the other guys had. So. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she was like, oh, okay. Like this guy's more even grounded yeah but he kept breaking up with her over and over on again off again on again off again what they didn't mention in either of these talks claire but is in the dvd is he was breaking up with her because he kept going and dating men oh an important part of the story people and i just want to say it was uh jernigan off again jernigan Yeah, I agree. That seemed like a really important detail. I'm I'm reminded of one of my favorite gay protest signs that I've ever seen. It's just a guy holding up a sign that said, would you rather I marry your daughter? (laughs) (laughs) So Dennis shared his struggle with her after their third child was born. Yeah, he finally told her. After three children. That he used to be gay. But he was cured at a concert. And she was really passionate about this one. She said, the cross is the same. Homosexuality is not a big deal. We make a big deal about it in this church. The cross is the same. I have sinned. My sins are the same. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it because I'm reminding myself. Because <laughs> it seems highly inconsistent with our behavior here. And then she also started talking about her role as a wife and mother and said... Yes, I have nine kids. I can't say, Lord, I surrender all except my womb. 
Mm-hmm. It's got to be everything. She told some medical stories about having a broken leg and having a liver hemorrhage after giving birth to their twins. And she said that she had asked for that brokenness. Oh, don't ask God for brokenness. He will give it to you. Hmm. Now, throughout her entire talk, which was only 25 minutes, there were these two 20-something young men who were like smirking i want to call them like bros but they were the ones who were like i sat next to them the whole time i sat next to them at the talk that i went to without you and i thought for sure they were moles too because they were (laughs) laughing the whole time i just thought oh you're boyfriends and you're cool with that yeah yeah and they they would just like laugh and take notes and be like and point at the stage i feel like i would gladly take my boyfriend there and have a good laugh that would be totally that'd be a fun afternoon my boyfriend to a tim allen stand-up concert (laughs) we we get that sense of humor yeah um but then i glanced at one of their name tags looked them up on facebook nope has a girlfriend posts a bunch about jesus Huh. So I don't know why they were I laughing I don't know so why much. they were laughing. I think they were just bad students. Yeah, maybe <laughs> texting each other. Just but why are you it. even there? Extra credit? I don't know. That so much of our investigations are us just trying to figure out why other people <laughs> are there. Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think those were the main points from that talk. Yeah, yeah, she said, in your healing, it will never look the same. There will be scars. Brokenness reminds us of our dependence on Christ. Okay. So next was a Q&A with Dennis, Melinda, and Sherry, the three speakers we've heard in this main room. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we all wrote down questions on a piece of paper, and they picked a few. I bet you ask. didn't have any questions, Carrie. I had no. I was like, I get it now. Yeah, this all makes sense. I know why people <laughs> turn gay, and I'm going to stop it. No, I had a question, but they didn't take my question. They only picked four questions. They did pick mine. They did. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, though. They would run on and on in their answers to where they were nowhere near the question 10 minutes later. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. Mm-hmm. So let's see. The first question was, it was, was from, from a grandparent. It was the same grandparent that I had prayed with. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So he said that his granddaughter considers herself trans- what can he do? She's 13 years old. So <laughs> Sherry oh said, don't play into her delusion, but also don't be a person she fears. Be a haven of love. What? What, what am I supposed to get from this? Cool. Do this thing and at the same time, do the opposite. <laughs> right. It's hard to do when you're brokenhearted. I'll pray to the Lord for you. Yeah. And then Dennis. Oh, he's getting lots of prayer support. Yeah. And then Dennis said, you know, pray, be creative with your tactics. And give identity through purpose. You see, my daughters always looked to me for their identity. If they would come out in one of their pretty church dresses and say, Hey, Mom, do I look beautiful? She'd say, Yes, of course you do, dear. But they wouldn't believe her. Then they'd run to me and say, Hey, Dad, do I look beautiful? And I'd say, Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> and then they would understand that they were beautiful. Ross looks so confused. Now, Dennis well, didn't use that sexualized tone of voice <laughs> when he was saying this, but this is what be, he said. Which would be creepy. Well, I was just thinking, to, in order to maintain his credibility, at some point he'd have to say, oh, you should probably put on another dress. Because otherwise <laughs> they would think, oh, he just tells us what we want to hear. Oh, right, right, right. right. Gotcha, he, yeah. To establish his true independent thought every now that and then he smart. yeah but yeah the message was like fathers give direction or yes. grandfathers mothers they sit they receive <laughs> oh, 
Granddaughters don't believe they're pretty until dad says so. That's what I wrote down. Oh my God. They said, your grandson asks, be honest and ask the Holy Spirit for words of encouragement. So no answers here. No answers. God will tell you. Next question was, what about people who didn't endure trauma but are still GLBT? Yes. So Dennis said, well, there's lots of causes of these issues. It's not just trauma. Oh, well, good. Well, we're at a conference. Maybe you can tell us what those other causes are that are not trauma. (laughs) Right. Yeah, with all these, they went off on long tirades, but... When they finally lose steam, then like, oh, that's right, we're doing a Q&A. What's another yep, question? Yep, 100%. Melinda did say to ask your child if there was a time you wounded them and apologize. Oh, well, okay. Um, yeah, well, sure, that's it. But again, it like puts it back on the space of like, you probably did this. Sure, as yeah. long as you ask it in an open enough way that it doesn't have to be connected to their right, identity. right. Then that's fine. And, and if mo- they say, hey, here's how you hurt me, you won't call me by my name then listen to them. Mm -hmm. Melinda did also say that there was something traumatic. So while Dennis said, no, there's lots of different causes, Melinda, his wife, said, no, yes, there. it's always trauma. It just might be unidentified trauma. Might not be obvious. But Sherry said she had never been traumatized. Her mom was a great cheerleader. Her dad was loving and present. But she drew her own conclusions from things that were said or things that were happening. So she was kind of going with that. You know, someone said I looked like a boy. And this is what? Was she the one with the three-year interlude? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sherry. Okay, so, oh, your question My question next. is next. The question that I asked, which they read a little bit differently than I wrote. So I had, in my question, I had written gender assigned at birth, but they changed that to God-given gender. Oh, wow. (laughs) But so here here was my question. This is what she meant to say. So here was my question. At my church, there is a seven-year-old. She is loving. She's vivacious. She's very engaged. Until you call her by her gender assigned at birth or the name she was given at birth, Mm. Then she shuts down and she becomes withdrawn and she's very sad. There are disagreements within my church and even within my own family on what to do. How should we respond to the seven-year-old? So, and this is true. It's not my church. It's my parents' church, but my parents and I have had. So the church I was raised in, I just don't go. And we've had conversations about this. So yeah, so they changed the language from gender assigned at birth to God-given mm-hmm. identity uh, or God-given gender. And when when they read out the part, you know, how should we how should we respond to the seven-year-old? The whole room went, just went, oh, oh seven, 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 seven. And I just like my heart just broke. I don't know why. I like I felt the judgment in a way that I hadn't felt in the rest of the conference. Mm -hmm. And I think Sherry spoke first Mm -hmm. and she started speaking and then my ears just started like ringing with anger. So I kind of missed the first part of the answers, which started with something like, don't feed into her delusion. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of lost it. So what did you hear, so, Carrie? Okay, wow. so Sherry said, it's a child, lovingly guide them, affirm their God-given gender. And then she told what seemed like a made-up story. 
So she told the story about a three-year-old boy named Jerry who wanted to be a girl, but then Jesus visited him while he was praying and told him to knock it off. And then he went back to his God-given gender. This didn't happen. What's the object lesson there? Is Jesus going to show up for this seven-year-old? I think you're supposed to be Jesus, maybe. I don't know. So then Dennis responded. He said, this is not an acceptable attitude for a Jernigan. And that's when I decided I didn't like Dennis so much anymore. (laughs) Yeah. He seemed like a nice guy up until this Q&A session. And then he kind of was bringing down the hammer. Yeah. He said, until they're 18, they're your kid. You have to confront their bad attitude and be like, no, you're a blotcher. We don't do this sort of thing in our house. We use the pronouns that were given to us at birth. So then Richard asked the question, how should the church as a whole respond? Well, Dennis and Melinda said, we made our own church in our living room. Basically, we were quickly rejected from our church at home. Oh, wow. Because they were heretical. But I mean, probably because they're weirdos (laughs) who are are, like promoting ex-gay therapy. I love your praise songs, but really, can you you just take it somewhere else? Yeah. (laughs) So they ended up making their own church in their house that people come to. And it sounded like a nice, pleasant church experience, except for all the homophobia and transphobia. I just remember, this is reminding me of a story I heard recently about a church that my wife and I attended when we were young. And the music director there turned out to be gay, and he had children with his wife, but they took him out of church leadership uh, because he was gay. And they kicked her out of church leadership too what yeah For what like well because clearly something is wrong in their family i guess oh my God. so she can't be in a leadership position oh Terrible. God. yep dennis then told a really powerful story of a friend i think in college kind of confronting him about being gay and saying like i know dennis picked up and ran and it sounds like he was gone for a while, some minutes or maybe an hour. And then when he finally came back, his friend was still there waiting for him. So it seems like they all have stories of this worked, but it's never something you can repeat or do again. seems like everybody has their one-off solution. But yeah, there's no clear advice at this conference. Okay, so there was another question from a parent who said they have a 20-year-old gay son who's not interested in change and he lives at home. How can they help him change? And Dennis said, listen, he should follow the rules of the home as long as he's in your home. Father's orders and get creative. Ask the Holy Spirit for a creative way. And then, of course, he told us about Dr. James Dobson. um, I knew he'd come up at some point. Dr. Dobson said to discipline boys differently from girls. Sons need honor and respect. So don't look them in the eye. Sit side by side. Sit side by side and say, I was disappointed with you and I need this to change. Whereas girls, you look them right in the eye, you have intimacy and you tell them to knock it off. They'll repent on their own. (sighs) This is bad advice. Oh my God. And then Dennis and Melinda had some banter back and forth about who's the head of the house versus the head of the home. Right. She's the head of the physical house. And he was like, wait a minute. But I'm the head of the house. She said, no, you're the head of the home. You don't know where anything in the house is. 
So he's the head of the uh, house, but she is the neck that turns the head any which way she chooses. Uh, terrible. Um, <laughs> so next question. How can a single mom raise strong sons? Uh, Sherry says, get into a church community with other men around. You need godly men and fathers. You need to learn who your father is so you can teach them who their father is, meaning God, of course. This sounds like my childhood. Okay, yep. Fathers in the church, show up with your wife for those kids. Doesn't mean you're hitting on the single mom. Oh, <gasps> Dennis told us something terrible about his family. <laughs> Okay, so at age 13, all the boys in Dennis's family get talks about being a man, money, relationships, and he has a different man for each topic talk to his son. So we'll just invite 10 men over or whatever and be like, go around and talk to them all. Hold on, they have guest speakers for their children? For for the children's coming of age ceremony. But it gets worse. Oh, I'd rather have a bar mitzvah than that. Guess what the girls get, Ross? Okay, so- all right, not another guest speaker. Uh, goodness. Okay, a video that they watch? Nope. They get to take chastity vows. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yep. Now, later he did say that the sons also take a chastity vow, but in describing what the coming of age ceremony is for the women, that's the only that's the thing only he thing. mentioned. So with the men, it was like, you learn about finance. You learn how to take care of a house. You learn how to blah, 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 blah. You learn, you yeah. know, so we kind of rattled off this right. list yeah. of we're, topics. We're, we're going to demystify life a little bit for you. But for the daughters, here, you're going to have have urges and don't do anything with them. Right. We're not going to provide you any useful information to deal with that. Just deal with it. This is. I don't know if I want to be a boy or a girl in this family. They both sound miserable. This is what (laughs) one of my favorite singer songwriters, Roy Zimmerman, calls just hold it potty training. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Well, Claire and Carrie. Carrie, is it? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, Ross. Yes. Your turn to speak. Yes. I was going to point out that Oh No, Ross and Carrie is supported in part by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. You know, that's pretty amazing. And it's perfect because we just did a ghost investigation. So Mm -hmm. Casper is perfect. Yeah, because everybody loves Caspar David Friedrich, an amazing painter. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. That's what you were thinking. And Casper, the mattress company, they offer affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to the consumer. You got a Casper mattress. Yes, I sure did. And you've probably seen the commercials by now. And they are true to life, man. Big box arrives. You're like, what? Why is there a big rectangle here? And then you open it up and... and an impossible amount of mattress comes out. So weird. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. And then uh, it kind of takes its shape slowly in your living room or bedroom or wherever you set it down and becomes a beautiful memory foam mattress. So you didn't have to go walk a show floor? Correct. You didn't have to hire a chauffeur? Correct. You didn't have to lug it to your place. Uh, no more show floor jokes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I don't. I'm, you don't have I'm, anything to show for it. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That's what we have this show for. <laughs> Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a sleep quality surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's one hundred night. Risk-free sleep on it trial. So get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash oh no and using promo code oh no at checkout. And both oh no and oh no are spelled the same. O-H-N-O. Yes. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. 
Also, one of his sons had his first kiss on his wedding day, oh, Pamela's prayer right. style. That's right. No, no. Yeah. So again, this idea, he said, you know, part of our role as fathers is we bestow identity. We bestow identity onto others. We bestow identity onto our children. And that's what we need to do. Okay, so that was the end of the questions. Then we got to hear from Denise Schick again, who you'll who remember from the Claire session that talk. I went to mm-hmm. on transgender individuals. Her talk was called Walking in Faith. All right. So this is the final talk of the day. And Denise told during this talk a really heartbreaking story. I mentioned that she has a transgendered parent. Mm-hmm. And she had prayed for 31 years for healing from God for her family. She had been separated from her parent for 31 years. Oh, this is so sad. Yeah. So she had prayed for God to soften her heart. At some point she heard, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say dad and he, cause she's sort of telling this story. So she'd heard, she said, my dad had esophageal cancer, God, very deadly. God wanted me to forgive him. I went to his home with my brother and I just said, look at his eyes. Look at his eyes. They can't change your eyes. Dad thought I was from hospice. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know who my brother was. And it turned out what had happened here is that the LGBT positive church had been caring for him. They contacted her and said, hey, listen, like, I know you haven't been in your parents' life forever, but please come care for them. And so she did. And of course, his worst fears were probably fulfilled because this person from the past comes in and is like, no, you're a man. And I'm not going to call you Rebecca. I'm going to call you Joe or whatever his name. They're like, okay, well, you can can leave now and uh, we'll we'll just keep trying our (laughs) thing. Right. But she's completely dependent on her and all the friends are coming in and are calling this woman by her preferred name. And the daughter is saying, oh, do you mean he? Do you mean Gary? Yeah. So she described this situation at the hospital and she's really upset by the clothing that Rebecca is wearing, by the fact that Rebecca's friends from the LGBT church are calling her she and her. So Denise jumps into this moment and says, do you mean my dad, Bob, he, him? And so she tells this story as sort of this like righteous moment for herself, even Mm -hmm. though it feels very detached from the whole speech that she gave about compassion and asking God to soften her heart. Mm -hmm. And Carrie and I just, you know, like we reflected on the drive home Mm -hmm. on how like, The LGBT church is still telling this story too, right? Right? Like they are telling this story about the horrible daughter that refused to acknowledge her parent in her parents dying on the deathbed. On the deathbed. Her name is Rebecca. Like, Mm -hmm. come on. It's not that hard. Yeah. What exactly is your problem in this moment? Just call them this name they've adopted, even if you're not mentally thinking of them as female. You make it sound like it's so easy. <laughs> it is. It it's is. very easy. Mm. It's very easy. Then we were all asked. Oh, but hold on, Claire. Yeah. Good news. Mm. She did tell us she didn't do any of that out of maliciousness. That's right. <laughs> she did it. She said, not out of maliciousness, not in a wrong way, but because I wanted him to remember that he was a son. 
Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. As long as it wasn't out of maliciousness. No, you did it the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you were the asshole in this story. Yeah. You're the villain. Yeah, you look really, really bad. Then we were asked to take the electronic candles from our table to Ooh. light them and to leave them at the foot of the cross. There was a cross in this Light in this them, room. so that means flipping the switch to Flip on? Flip the switch. <laughs> okay. Leave the, the candle for prayer at the foot of the cross. They came around with communion. This was really funny, too, because I was writing something down as they gave those instructions. I didn't hear them say the thing about the candle. So for me, I was just sitting in a room that suddenly everyone lifted up silently and walked to the altar (laughs) and were carrying candles. It was so disorienting. I was like, what (laughs) happens? But Claire explained. I look look away for one second. (laughs) Dennis played music over this. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And then Melinda closed out the day. She said, don't let the enemy take your faith away. We can't make it alone on our faith journeys. Yeah. So I thought that was a really hopeful way to um, end the day. Well, Richard came out to oh, MC right. and said, you know, he had a friend in a same-sex relationship for 18 years. That person went to his home church And a woman who knew him as a child invited him to dinner at her home. But she said, God told me this morning to set an extra place, but I didn't know why until I saw you. And I think we're supposed to get from this that he was accepted as he is and now he'll no longer be gay. Oh, maybe. But it it seems like a stretch that putting out an extra place for someone at a table will do this. Yeah, that was a very odd story. It was not impressive. I guess mm-hmm. just more evidence that God is watching and aware of these things. Yeah. He cares about you. Yeah, and that was, that was it. And then right. we took our long drive home. Well, what an adventure. Oh, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. pseudoscience rating. What are you giving this on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is something very, very scientific, like evolution by natural selection. 10 is something very not scientific. Goat sperm causes gayness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it like a 6 or a 7. I don't feel like science played a huge role in their thinking, but the way that science was brought in was definitely not okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Uh, like, oh, we'll we'll cherry pick what works for us and say that very quickly and move on and maybe misrepresent it. Yeah, I think like the misrepresenting was kind of the biggest piece I was thinking of. I was deciding between 9 and 10, so I'll say 9.5. Wow. You have to look at it from both a social science and a hard sciences perspective, but I think their ideas of how you become gay are completely off the wall, both genetically and sociologically, and their ideas of how gender works are insane. (laughs) Like, I mean, any scientist is going to tell you this is absurd, that gender is a spectrum. Like, this isn't even news- so yeah. yeah, you make me want to increase my rating with with <laughs> this those happens statements. with us a lot. Yeah, but it's all driven by the Bible, right? It's all yeah, driven by this old book, and so in that case, like most times, going to a church like this, the pseudoscience rating would be real high. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll go higher than a seven. You can stay at seven. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, how about then on a pocket drainer value? 
what would you give this where one is something not very pocket draining like you've got free earl gray tea in the back of a room and 10 is something incredibly pocket draining like they want you to sign up for another seminar and it's going to be two thousand dollars per person oh wow I think this was 60 bucks. Yeah, it was 65 unless you got the early bird special, which I did, in which oh, okay. case it was 55 Oh, okay. Then I might have done Ooh. that too. So yeah, um, $55 comes with lunch, though it's not vegetarian. Yeah. You so know, you have for to a day-long conference, that's actually pretty cheap yeah, for a day Yeah, it's not expensive. So. In mm-hmm. fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost money on it. Yeah. Not so, a big money-making venture. No, it's a one. Mm-hmm. It's a one. Okay. How about creepiness? Where one is... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Super creepy. I don't know. There's something about the like delving into people's personal lives in this really like invasive way. The fact that every person at this conference represents someone else out there who's just trying to live their life. Yeah. And and they're busy planning on how they're going to change them. Yeah. But also just this obsession with other people's sexuality and what they're doing in the bedroom and what their body parts are. It's just like, just chill out and don't, I don't know, don't be a creepo. (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm gonna put it at an eight because i think you could have called out some of that creepiness even more like you could have asked for people in the room to give details or like provide the names and addresses of the people you want us to go minister to or something like that you've left room at the top for some room at the top for more creepiness (laughs) yeah yeah well here we go i think this is the most relevant what would you give this conference, Be My Child Conference, on a danger rating. For one is something eh, not very ten. dangerous. <laughs> okay, yeah. solid 10 from Carrie. Yeah, I mean, people are going to kill themselves because of these teachings. I can imagine ways in which you could make it more dangerous, right? That there <laughs> were just going to keep like hypothesizing her way down the scale. <laughs> you know, there were pieces in here that like if you walked away with the statement of like, this is about you. This isn't about the people you're here for. Figure out your own journey. You know, if you walked away with those pieces, mm-hmm. then like that could be a reduction in danger. Yeah, but no one. I don't think anyone's that. walking away with that though. So I'm gonna right. give it like a nine point five. But okay, we got a we got a ten and nine point five. Yeah, we don't get a lot of high danger ratings. So Ayahuasca was high. Beware. Yeah. Hot drinks get a thumb up. They've got them. Actually, it's really more of like a three quarters thumbs up because that coffee was bad. It's a, it's a north by northwest uh, thumb. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrec, and that's where you can like us, and you can see pictures, and you can see videos, and articles, and all kinds of extra things. Maybe you want to tweet at us. Okay. We're at Ono Podcast. And, Carrie, I want to make sure that everybody knows about Greta.com. Yes. Greta.com. We unveiled this. In, I yeah, put it's extra C's in there somewhere. Very proper. <laughs> I think it's a dot-com. Dot-com. <laughs> We first told our listeners about this in our last episode. We want to make sure you know, you can now go listen to these episodes with interactive transcripts. You can even click on the words you see down the page and it'll jump right to that moment in the audio. That's so cool. You pull up the page, you can search for a term like what were Ross and Carrie saying about this. That's very cool. And it's also more accessible. If you have a friend who's wanted to partake of podcasts but doesn't have hearing, you can go to Greta.com. Yeah, there's a lot of good shows to choose from there now. And they're adding more stuff all the time. They aren't even sponsoring us saying this. Well, and it's very cool for them to include us in their service. And that's G-R-E-T-T-A. Dot com. Dot com.
Go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate to donate to Ono, Ross, and Carrie and see more great episodes like this coming to you. And I also want to thank my friend Kara Allen, who consulted on this episode, gave us some good insights and gave us her perspective as a, as a trans woman. That really, really helped. And uh, we're very indebted to her. And she asked us if we would share a couple resources for anybody who's listening who's queer and struggling with an unsupportive family or anything else. There are two organizations that can help. One's called the Trevor Project and one's called Trans Lifeline Both are 24-hour hotlines ready to help LGBT people in need. So you can reach the Trevor Project at 866-488-7386 and Trans Lifeline at 877-565-8860. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.